You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. Hi, I'm Monk. Hi, I'm Ham. I'm Ham, and he's Monk. Do you know why they were named Monk Monk and Ham? No, Stephen, why? In story? Yes. Well, Monk was named because he was hairy and simian-looking. Right. And Ham was named because, if I recall correctly, and I'm not using the wiki, he he lost one case in his entire career as a lawyer, and it had something to do with Monk's pet pig, I want to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you're right. You got that going. His pet pig was named Habeas Corpus. Right. And Monk specifically did that to piss off Ham. But yep. I have been reading First Wave. Oh, yeah, that's right. First Wave. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the weekend edition of the Major Spoilers Podcast. So glad you could join us. When did we start recording? (laughs) About the time that I asked you, did you know how they got their names? Who are they? Monk and Ham, Doc Savage's cohorts. One got their name by being a uh, detective with OCD. (laughs) <laughs> and the other one got right. their name by being a porky pig knock like long, long tom roberts tom. you know how he got his name yeah he was named after a gun long underwear right L- named after the gun uh he was named after a gun what was rennie renwick's um did he have a uh wasn't wasn't rennie the little guy no rennie was, rennie the, was giant the one with the guy. big with the big hands Long Tom was the little skinny one. Yeah. Yeah. Rennie, I don't know what Rennie's deal was. I just remember. I, mean, um, I can tell you about, I can tell you about the Avenger. I know more about the, the Avenger. Avenger. All I, you and know, then, um, I, I really fell in love with Doc Savage Johnny. when I found these omnibus books I was talking about on the Wednesday show. They started reprinting these omnibus books. I found Doc Savage at uh, the Kansas State Fair at this little used bookstore kind of booth that they had. Uh-huh. What was, was he oh. doing? What was just he doing? Kinda, just kind of signing autographs, Doc like Shatner yes, he was does. Like, hey, yo, man, uh, stay with drugs. Ah, I'm Doc Savage. No, he had it. It's all bound. It's like, oh, here's the first book. I'll buy this and this, and it's like three bucks or something for these really old books. And I was like, oh, great. And then uh, I started reading it, fell in love with it, found these omnibuses, started finding out that there were other original books that were available that Bantam had published in the '60s, and there was a used bookstore next door to the comic book store in Lawrence, Kansas, and the guy had like 50 of them. Nice, and he was selling those for a yeah, buck or two a piece in that in that used bookstore, and they were great quality. Yet you walk next door to the comic book store, oh, and the guy was selling them for twelve bucks a piece. Nice, and I was like, ah, you cannot fool me. Yeah, I know where I'm going. Plus, the guy also had uh, back issues of old, dirty nudie magazines, like old <gasps> Playboys and penthouses and everything. So, classic. Yeah, eventually, the comic store ended up being. That guy's niece took over, and man, she's hotter than donut grease. I think I've met her once. I think I've met her once. Uh, so uh, stop by in Lawrence, Kansas. 
tell them uh, major spoilers sent you and you'll get a strange, funny looking look. <laughs> get a whistle or something. But, you know, there was a really cool um, uh, NPR. They did some very cool things in the uh, 70s and mostly the 80s. One of the things they did in the 80s that I thought was really neat was they brought back radio dramas or they started broadcasting radio dramas. So that's where I heard Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy for the first time that we talked about on the show. That's where I encountered Doc Savage because they did a whole series of Doc Savage stories adapted for radio. There is an awesome audio drama of Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi that's out there. Empire, or the um, original Star Wars drama is the best. Uh-huh. I mean, it's, if you want to hear good audio yeah. production, Rodrigo, in cool surround sound and everything you've got to nice. listen i've got it on cd if you want to borrow it by the way cool um i have Bradbury. to watch a lot of legend of the seeker before i can get oh yeah to you that. do have to get to that because uh, they did ask today hey what's going on with that legend of the seeker dvd yeah. review and i was like oh i just got it to my guy this weekend he'll have it to you soon um what is legend of the seeker i know we've talked about that before is this the one with charisma carpenter in it uh she's on it for a little bit Oh, um, well, and I'm not interested. She's not on it any longer. And only in the second season. Oh, well, that's the one that you're that's reviewing. That's the one that I'm reviewing. I yeah. may have to get that back from you then. All right. Well, hang on, because I have to watch <laughs> it. And then... Uh, but yeah, NPR in the, in the 80s was doing some awesome stuff. They had uh, Bradbury 13, which was these adaptations of Ray Bradbury stories, mm-hmm. introduced by Ray Bradbury himself. Wow. Uh, I hear he gets all the girls. I I hear he does. You should go check out this uh, video. Have you seen this video yet, Matthew, called F Me, Ray Bradbury? Uh Yes. (laughs) Yes, I have. What? Let me click it, click it, click it, click it, click it. And there's an awesome story. I I, saw that on a website called Major Spoilers. uh, There's an awesome Ray Bradbury story called The Wind. Have you guys read this story before? I have not. Oh, it's a it's a story about this man who who got lost in the Himalayas, the sole survivor of this trek to the Himalayas, and he swears that that is where the winds gather, and he learned the secret of the winds when he was in the Himalayas, and he is convinced that the winds are trying to kill him, to get him, and take him away again. And so in this radio drama that they did in Bradbury 13, and people, I would recommend checking it, it out— it's this, this story about this man who's having a dinner party and he keeps getting interrupted from these phone calls from his friends going, the wind is here. It started out as a light breeze wrestling the leaves. Oh my gosh. And you just, throughout the story, the wind keeps getting worse and worse and worse in every phone call mm-hmm. that this guy's getting. He's like, no, there's nothing going on outside. You're, you're crazy. Come on over and, and just hang out with us. And the guy's like, no, it will get me. And then uh, at the end of the, at the end of the piece, this big wind gust comes and rattles the, the, main character's house and he runs and opens the door thinking that his his friend has arrived and it's this breeze blowing and he hears laughter in the wind of his friend who apparently has been carried away no it's and it is a you know we live in in kansas and the wind blows quite a bit in kansas and after hearing that as a yeah that's how it is throughout the whole piece like but I, I'll, I'll tell you something like it is a freaky in story. movies every once in a while, you know, they have the wind blowing in a scary way. Right. right and right. I always sat there and thought, eh, I mean, it's just the wind. Right. right, right or right. or a monster that sounds like the wind. But the wind doesn't actually sound like that. And then I moved to Kansas <laughs> and found out that the wind can it be does. actually scarier than that. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Oh, there was a time um, in, in Hayes. Down on the corner by the trailer park, about a block past the Dairy Queen. Which is no longer at that Dairy Queen anymore. They moved to a I new location. 
you remember where the awesome bar was? And then the, there was a Dairy Queen right next to it, which was like the greatest thing ever. Are you talking about the, the Club 3? I don't know. That bar It was place awesome there. back in the day. <laughs> I think he's talking about the Bradbury. The first house I rented oh, okay. with my wife was a terrible, terrible little house on the corner of like something, something, and something behind the Dairy Queen in Hayes. And this particular house had so many holes in it that you would lay down and you go to sleep. And as soon as you got your eyes closed, the whole house would be like, and my wife would actually wake up from nightmares about this house howling. Yeah. Especially in the winter, the house would be like, (laughs) (laughs) funny. My wife says that's exactly what I sound like. And I'm sleeping at night, but. Uh, yeah, you want to get one Kansas of them can drive you crazy. I mean, apparently, Steven's, Steven's a narcoleptic werewolf. Yes, uh, apparently there are tales of pioneers who were driven insane by the, by the winds. winds. Yes, and I believe it. There are times when it's just like I yeah. wish the wind would stop. And listeners, if you're not from Kansas or you haven't lived in a, in a plains area like from West Oklahoma, West Texas, all the way up through you know Nebraska, South Dakota, mm-hmm. man, the wind. I mean. If there's a day where the wind is only blowing like 10 miles per hour, that's a calm day. I I have had people visit me here and, you know, get off their car and they're like, man, it is really windy here. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Yeah, what? It's a a 10 degree breeze today. This is like stationary. Exactly. We should go and paint fences today. Yep. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, and that was the thing about living in Hayes, especially living where I did, was a good north wind and a snowstorm would drift everything in. Right. You wouldn't necessarily, you wouldn't get like 10 feet of snow. You'd get two feet of snow that would blow up against everything and you'd, you'd yeah. have drifts seven feet high. Yeah. Uh, the house that I, that we, I remember getting a one. four by four stuck in a drift of because I thought I would go over. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I got to the top and the snow caved in and the wheels weren't touching anything. Yeah. The first house that we lived in here in Hayes was over by I 70. And so there's nothing. There was this empty field. So all the north wind just comes and pushes up against the house all the time. And it's Do like, I remember that house or no? No, I, you've, you've probably not been out here since then. I uh, remember you living house. up in like apartments or townhouses by, by Furniture by the Kingdom. Golf, no, I used to live over by the golf course, yeah. But not those townhouses that are over by Furniture Kingdom, which then became a roller skating rink and is now the county... The county, county roller skating yeah, the rink. County roller, it's like county offices or something now. Um, but man, just the uh, wind would blow all the time and all the ice. And it's like the only windows in the house were on that North side in this house that we're in. Now we have the fortune that the neighborhood is spreading to the North. So we've got all these wind blocks, but still the wind. Bah, bah, bah. Bah. Kansas living is not fun, blah, blah. but Get I guess it depends on which, si- which end of the state you're on. Eh. Um, Topeka doesn't have the winds, no, but you we know, have weird flooding. Yeah, you know, it's it's very interesting, and especially just in the humidity from one end of the state to the other. And I know listeners, what the hell are these guys talking about Kansas for and weather for? I'll get to get to my little bit in a moment. But, you know, when I lived in eastern Kansas growing up as a kid, I would have tremendous hay fever every every fall. Came out to here, nothing. Haven't had allergies since. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a huge difference between the climate of eastern Kansas and the climate of western Kansas. Quite different. Yeah. Which brings us to Kansas in uh, terms of Superman. I want to revisit Superman again. All right. Now, I'm not going to call you guys F-tards right. or anything like that. So 
Um, Let's get it over with. So we've talked before about where is Smallville located. Right. Matthew, tell me where, in your opinion, according to that uh, Atlas of the DC Universe, you believe Smallville is located. Yeah. Well, the Atlas of the DC Universe claimed three things that are questionable. Right. They claimed that Smallville was 50 miles west of the I-70, I-35 interchange at Salina, which means Wilson, Kansas. Mm Mm-hmm. And that Smallville was a small town on the Kansas prairie of 90,000 people. Right, right. Now, again, you're from New York. Eight million people is, you know, more. But, you know, Topeka is about twice that. I think the you know, some of the largest cities, the top 10 cities in Kansas aren't 90,000 people. But supposedly 50 miles west of the interchange. Now, if you go there, there's a little pancake house. Uh, by the side of, there used to be 10 years ago, a little pancake house by the side of the road and a creepy little, you know, I, I think like a porn shop and one of those places where you can go in and get a sandwich that they bring out and wash off every six months without <laughs> fail. And a brownie that would make a fine brake lining. But essentially you're talking about Wilson, Kansas, right? Wilson, Kansas, home of the nothing. Yeah, not a whole there's lot a, there. There's kind of a lake nearby. Yeah, north north of there. I mean, it's not a yeah, natural lake. Yeah, but the lake, lake is actually not... Right. The lake's not actually in Wilson either. It's actually north and west of Wilson. That's true. Uh, you know how they name lakes, uh, just out of curiosity? Do you know how they name the lakes, the especially man-made lakes <laughs> they, that were done during wait, the let, let me, uh, public works projects? Let me guess. They name it after the last person in the Corps of Engineers who died making it. No, they don't. Okay. It's actually... According to what I've come to understand, because a lot of these were used for flood control, water irrigation, and uh-huh. you know, water supply, they name it after the first town down the river from the lake mm-hmm. that's actually on the river. Right. So, Wilson, if there is a river that goes down, Wilson, the city, would be the first city that that, 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 that lake act, essentially yeah. drains onto. Gotcha. Just like Pomona Lake, yep. the first city, even though it's 10 miles away is Pomona. Gotcha. So that's how my understanding of how it was named or how I was Interesting. Told. And it seems to make sense. Uh, so, it would, s- so it would be the first town destroyed upon a flood. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. But more well, actually, less. there are a couple out here where the town was actually moved because they were putting in the lake. Right. Yeah. And there's some some towns that I, are still under the lake that the, they just abandon the town. Yeah. Water fills in, and the houses yep. and everything supposedly are still underneath there. Yep. They just let the water they, rise. The, they say the streets and the sidewalks are still under there, and yep. I can't remember which one it is now. I, I, I think it's the one over by like, Tuttle Glen Creek. Glen Elder. I think it's Tuttle Creek, I think, is where it's at. It's um, not Wakanda Lake. Wakanda Lake was uh, naturally formed. <laughs> <laughs> so, back to Smallville. At the website, if you go and do a search Somebody for Atlas say- of the DC Universe... Well, we'll get to the actual Smallville TV show in a moment. Um, in the Atlas of the DC Universe, they have Smallville being between Wichita, south of Wichita, but between the Wichita-Oklahoma border. Wow. That, that's where they have that's it right. there. In the Smallville that's television right. series, they actually have it north of Wichita between Salina and Wichita. And Wichita. Like, because they mentioned several times like that call it the dead space, <laughs> the dead space, because uh, they actually mentioned, I think, in the first season or two that so and so is going down to Wichita to go do something, um, which I find very, very interesting. I picked up this book. I found this book based on our conversation uh, last week and I got it for a steal. 
It's it's a book called Three Guys Beating Each Other Senseless. <laughs> it's called It's Superman, a novel by Tom DeHaven or DeHaven. And it's set during the 1930s <laughs> and it is Superman. And I I'm, I'm only into the first couple of uh, really the first chapter where we're introduced to Clark Kent who's starting to discover his powers. His mother actually dies before the father in this book, or I guess that's the implication that's going to happen. I haven't gotten that far. Um, he doesn't know that he's from another planet. We get to meet an 18-year-old Lois Lane who was uh, excelled in, in high school and graduated early, and her father allowed her to go to – the colonel allowed her to go to uh, New York to become a reporter, mm-hmm. and she ends up – you know, breaking all the rules that he set forth. Don't drink, don't smoke, don't sleep with boys. And she's doing all that as an 18-year-old. But the thing that I found interesting was, uh, and again, I'm DeHaven or DeHaven. What would you say, DeHaven? DeHaven. DeHaven and Gliven and I guess DeHaven, yeah. DeHaven. He starts to describe where Smallville is at. And it starts out in this story. It's a, it's, and I'm going to use this as one of the future um, other word book episodes. Uh-huh. But uh, do sure. I actually get a copy this time? Uh, I, I don't know, because this book is no longer in print. I had to actually buy this online from somebody. Um, it's wit- written in a weird person. And let me just read. Uh, it's almost as though a Martian wrote it. Maybe. A Martian Manhunter. <laughs> yes. I was trying to find out exactly what page it started on. But... Let's start with page one. Okay, here we go. This page one. Our version of the story opens on the last Saturday of May 1935 with the arrival of Sheriff Bill Dutcher at the police station in Smallville, Kansas. A craggy man with steel gray hair and long sideburns. He's wearing tan slacks and a barn jacket over a maroon polo shirt. His star has been to his pocket. He brought along his pistol belt and holster, but leaves them in the trunk with his uh, in the trunk with his 12 gauge. Those won't be necessary. When he got the call an hour ago, D- Dutcher was off shift. At home in Linden, Linden, Kansas. Savoring his third highball of the evening and playing canasta with the wife and some neighbors. He could have been easily in fume or worse by the time he motored 30 miles through drizzle and dust blow to the clodhopper town. But no, not at all. He's in fine spirits. Especially once he discovers those federal glory hogs out of Topeka haven't shown up yet. So in this first, not even the first paragraph, but halfway through this first uh, tale, the first page, the haven is putting Smallville within 30 miles of Linden, Kansas, which is in Osage County, which is the county just south of Topeka. Well, I grew up around this area. I grew up in Franklin County, Kansas, Mm -hmm. and um, went to Linden all the time for for, uh, basketball, volleyball games, uh, track, cross-country, all that stuff. But he says he drove 30 miles to get to Smallville from Linden. 30 miles, if you draw a circle, 30 Uh miles out from, from Linden, Kansas, put Smallville... Potentially right inside my hometown of, nice. in Franklin County. Um, now, granted, that wouldn't be the case here because it would have to be in Osage County. Mm-hmm. So it makes it a little bit harder for them to figure out how he drove 30 miles if he's the, if he's the sheriff to get to Smallville when really going from one end of the county to the other is about 30 miles. Right. So oh, my, guess, my guess is they're either talking about uh, way south Osage County or Osage City itself. Right. But I, I just but found that interesting. Too hard. Yeah, I just found it interesting that when people talk about Smallville, 
they claim and they go into great detail about all of these places that Smallville could be in Kansas, yet nobody's willing definitely to definitively say, here's where Smallville, Kansas is. Right. Well, you also don't want to say that because it then limits your story. I mean, you say that, um, you know, if, like, it has to be within this county and it has to be 30 miles away from uh, Linden. Right. So that places you uh, nowhere. Right, right. So, well, it could be in nowhere. I mean, it could be nowhere. Like, in that blank spot where there are no wells or there's mm-hmm. no connection to the aquifer or there's right, nothing right, right. in this universe there is and right. there's a little town called smallville well yeah. where everybody drives drives a truck that is 40 years old yeah and now in this book he actually starts talking about highway 75 on the north i guess the northwest corner of smallville is is uh highway 75 which mm-hmm. is where the uh the minorities live um but i just i just find it interesting that people will have no problem saying where you know, Metropolis is what right. state it's in. You know where it's at located, and or where Gotham Delaware. City is. It's in Delaware. It is in Delaware. But when you get down to Smallville, they can't specifically give you a. I mean, Kansas is a big well, state. Because they don't care. Well, I, uh, guess I think that's part I think that's too. what it boils down to. Is they say, okay, well, Siegel and Schuster said Superman's from Kansas, but who the crap cares? <laughs> yeah, who are this they? They're from Chicago. Right. Yeah, this isn't a Which story one is about Kansas? Kansas. It's one of the square ones, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's like. I'm I'm surprised that a lot of the accounts aren't like, oh, Superman is from Kansas, which is just north of Grand Island and right. a little bit west of Omaha. Right, right. Where, and let me just do a Google search. Where is Smallville, Kansas? Let's see if I can get some. Let's see. I think that's third person subjunctive, by the way. Is that what it is? Because it's very weird storytelling. I think so. Because we jump in in and out well, of the, it's, of the it's characters' minds. It's third person, but it's a present tense. Yes, third person, present tense, but, but we're also jumping in and out of their people's minds. It's right. Ah, it's really weird to read. Right. So it's weird, omniscient. Yes. Uh, much as it is, you know. Uh, Smallville's location varied widely throughout many stories, many of which place Smallville close to Metropolis and Midvale, home of Supergirl. Um, set, <laughs> uh, let's see. The all-new collector's edition C-55, notable for featuring the wedding of Legion superhero member Lightning Lad and Saturn Girl, published in 1978, calls Smallville a quiet town nestled in the hills just inland from the eastern seaboard. What? <laughs> now, hang on. That damned tabloid says this? This is what this is what the Wikipedia says, as quoted from... It says the, the, the Legion wedding tabloid? Uh, it says all new, it says all new collector's edition number C-55, notable for featuring the wedding of Legion That's superhero members Lightning Lad and Saturn Girl, published in 1978. Known Smallville. to Legion of Superheroes fans as that damn tabloid. Give me a second to find okay. it. Nestled in the hills just inland of the eastern seaboard. <laughs> in the adventures of Superman, the radio drama, um, in the secret rocket originally broadcast in September 1947 and October 1947, made mention that several times that young Clark Kent grew up on Eben Kent's farm in Iowa. Uh, and there's actually... A, yeah, that Clark Kent grew up on a farm in Iowa. That ain't right. The Millennium Massacre. Hang on. 
Smallville, a quiet town nestled in the hills just inland from the eastern seaboard. What in <laughs> the... See, what? this is... <laughs> and, and this is what annoys, I think, people from Kansas and by Oh my god, I've read this book a hundred times and I've never caught that. Amazing World of DC oh Comics number 14. Uh, situated Smallville a few miles west of a large bay v- very similar to Delaware Bay. Same place mapped as Metropolis and Gotham City. Legion of Superheroes, Volume 2, number 313, uh, indicates that Smallville was believed to be the 1980s to somewhere in the... What's... By the 1980s to be somewhere in northeastern Pennsylvania to northern New Jersey. Amazing. The death and life of Superman in a novel in 1993, Jonathan and Martha Kent drive from the Great Bend, Kansas airport to Smallville which would put Smallville somewhere in central Kansas, which is about right. Yeah. That's about right. Great Bend uh, Airport. I'm not sure. Barton County. Curse you, Barton County Community College. Superman, oh, there's a shout out. Jergens. There. Superman 822 in Repo Man Part 1, Smallville is placed approximately 55 miles from Salina, Kansas, and in line with Junction City, giving it approximately the same location as Dorrance, Kansas. Huh. In Superman Batman number 13. Dorrance? Yeah. Uh, Superman, Batman number 13. You ever been to Dorrance? Yes, I have. As I, as I I've drive been through Dorrance. Blink. It is scary. In Superman, Batman number 13, Smallville is mentioned as being adjacent to the equally fictional town of Granville, Kansas. The name Granville comes from the television series. So there you go. Wow. Uh, Hang on, I'm like, looking at Legion of Superheroes volume Have you ever, have you ever heard that song, Cotton Fields? I don't think so. Um, it's, it's by a, uh, blues musician named Lead Belly, but there's been a lot of covers, including like a Beach Boys cover. Uh-huh. But it says, um, it was down in Louisiana, just about a mile from Texarkana, mm-hmm. which is nowhere, like... Right, right, right. No place in Louisiana is within a mile of Texarkana. But, it's like, but it that's, rhymes. Exactly. And that is exactly what happens to Smallville. Smallville is the most un- like the location of smallville is the most unimportant point in any given superman story right, right, so they right. just put it wherever it's convenient wherever it's unimportant now the smallville tv series just to maybe correct myself or um to kind of clarify uh population of 45,000 people in season 1 episodes the zip code for smallville kansas was revealed to be 66684 and 66645 Another episode, an envelope addressed to Lex revealed that Metropolis's zip code was 66624. Matthew? Yes. Does zip code sound familiar? Well, it sounds vaguely familiar. I that currently is, live in the 66619. 66624 belongs to Topeka, Kansas. Booyaka, booyaka, 66619! Yep. Uh, the uh, map in season six, 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 two, four, um, a map. So they're saying that Topeka is metropolis. Yeah. Uh, Well, listen to this during season six in the episode fallout, a map is shown with metropolis, Kansas clearly labeled. It's located in the Southwest quadrant of Kansas, somewhere near the real world location of Dodge city. While Smallville on the same map, marked with a star, appears to be several hundred miles to the east near the real world Wichita, which is what I had mentioned earlier. However, by the fifth season, uh, when most scenes take place in Metropolis, the main characters routinely and quickly travel between the two cities by car several times a day. Um, Ugh. Yeah, so, uh, and all of here's this. The, here's the truth about Smallville. 
Yes. Smallville is where it needs to be. Yes. Yep. And 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 let me just make a, a quick point here. Writers, hello. I am speaking to you <laughs> as someone who regularly enjoys and hates your work. Um, when you start a new show, even if you think you're not going to get renewed, it pays to start working on a Bible, on a show right, Bible. Right. Um, the same goes for comics. The same uh, as uh, assuming that it's not like Spider Man or something like that, where right. it's going to get taken away from you as soon as you fail. Mm-hmm. Um, which, or even if you don't fail, it might get taken away from you. So don't get too cozy. Um, but it <laughs> makes sense to start writing this stuff down so that then it's consistent. And especially nowadays, if your show is successful and if it has any sort of fantasy or sci fi bent, you are going to get nerds following it and nerds <laughs> even kansas nerds who want to quibble are, about smallville there are even nerds in kansas and that uh, will show you how widespread I, the nerds are <laughs> so what i'm saying is is you gotta oh, be consistent got nerds in kansas. because otherwise the nerds will inform your regular followers who bathe about the inconsistencies in your show and then they will start <laughs> to notice them yeah, and these people have, well, have money. You guys I mean, ever have, seen, money, but... have you guys ever seen a show called Jericho? Yes, which is supposed to take place. Uh, Jericho West takes place in a oh no between a town somewhere and... where you can see the mountains. Yeah, of Denver, Colorado. So Lyman, that's the thing that's really <laughs> Pikes Peak. Yeah. Uh, there's actually I don't a... know, but this is. This is the thing that's fascinating, is this whole thing is supposed to take place in northwestern Kansas, right? Yeah, yep. But if you actually look in the background, it's all the mountains of Southern California. You can drive. My wife says that you can see Denver, but drive to Topeka in an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about Steven Schleicher driving either. (laughs) I told you about the time I got pulled over in El Paso for doing 95 and a 70. All right. Um, You know, there's an interesting. Hayes is four hours from here. And you can't see the mountains from Hayes yet. Yeah, what you can see from Hayes or from Dodge City or from a place just north of Wichita or just south of Wichita, or if you're in Wilson, Kansas, or if you are in uh, Dorrance, you're going to see a whole lot of nothing. A whole lot of nothing. I mean, once you get Hayes, I mean, there's vast stretches of just open, flat, nothing. Yep. And so when you watch Smallville, the television series, and you see these crisp tree leaves and the winters and all this no no, no that no, no. well that is not no, what western not. kansas central no, and no. western kansas are like eastern if, kansas maybe if yeah if smallville is around pittsburgh kansas yes maybe if it's around central city kansas right near kansas city area maybe it will look like that. A- and really that's what they should have just gone with i think well you know there's an interesting yeah. thing that happened in um but then one maybe of the people would have noticed a rocket crash yeah. near Kansas City. Well, maybe. Hey, it's 1950s, you know. 1930s. Have the well, rocket in crash in, well, you know, true. Topeka or like in, in Linden or something. And then have Kansas City be Metropolis. Yeah. I mean, that's it's just fascinating. I mean, I really want to finish reading this It's Superman book uh, because it's really kind of caught my interest because of the time period. And I had known about I had known about this book and had ordered it just prior to our discussion mm-hmm. uh, last week because I really wanted to see how this story technically takes place before the very first appearance of Superman in the comic books. Mm -hmm. And yet it's a Superman story. So I wanted to see how 
the Haven deals with things like flight and levitation and strong strength and all of these kinds of things. Um, there was an interesting moment in, I think it was one of the JLA Avengers books Uh when they crossed over. And this can be an out for DC, although I really kind of wish they would say, okay, here is where this city is. Here's where this city is. Here's where star city is and all that stuff. They actually mentioned that. I think Superman said our earth is bigger. You know, when they came mm-hmm. to the to the Avengers world to to Earth, right. they yep. said that our world is bigger, meaning that there's more space. There's more space cities. between cities, so that you could have places like Smallville being in this nebulous region right. that uh, no other person would live in their right mind because of all the foul wind and well, sure. feedlots. Oh wow! And, and that's fine to say. Do you know when? Do I know when what? Do you know when Smallville was first identified as being in Kansas? Uh, wasn't it in the radio series? Superman the movie in 1977. Oh, really? Oh, wow. So for so over 40 years, Smallville it wasn't actually it in Kansas. It was expected to be somewhere in Maryland or New Jersey or something. Well, there you go. So maybe we're getting all indignant It's all about Dick Donner's fault. No, I'm going to be indignant because I can be indignant. We've got we've got Superman and we've got Dorothy again, and I choose Superman. That's right. <laughs> Kansas is the home of great fictional characters: Clark Kent, Dorothy Gale. Why not choose Bob Dorothy, Dole. man? <laughs> Bob Dole. <laughs> Bob Dole. How'd you Why like me to stick Dole? this pen right in your neck? <laughs> Dana Carvey's impression of Bob, Bob Dole. Bob Dole didn't have that growing up. Bob Dole. Bob Dole. Uh, and you Bob Dole Bob speaks Dole of Bob Dole in the third I person. I Skrill Brian town, grew up in. The Bob town Dole that I country. live in has it in one of our big grain elevators says <laughs> boyhood or what does it say? It's like Bob birthplace Dole. of Bob Dole. Well, and actually up until after that presidential election, he still had a permanent residence in yeah. in in, in, Russell. That, in Russell because he needed that to did to you, be the senator. Did I ever tell you the story of how Bob Dole, Dole nearly killed me and my uh, and my tuba? You and your tuba? <laughs> no, go ahead. I was going to high school in Russell, Kansas, the year that Bob, I think it was 88, the year that Bob Dole was running for president. The first and time. they brought the marching band out and they put us on bleachers with no railing. Ah, joy. And I'm on the top of the railing. I'm 10 feet up in the air. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Bob Dole shows up and the whole crowd flexes. And somebody falls back, and it's like a domino effect, and I see it coming, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to be on Bob Saget's show. <laughs> and everybody goes down in a domino, and I'm at the top with a sousaphone. And if you've ever seen a sousaphone, sousaphone's pretty big. Now I'm about a 300-pound kid with a sousaphone Which is in just midair. Awesome. Can I just pause on that for a yeah. second? 300-pound <laughs> kid with a sousaphone and people falling towards him. And if it, if it had actually been in a movie, you would have been able to hear me go, no. Well, I get hit square in the back of the knees, or actually in the front of the knees, rather. And there's nowhere to go but back. Right. So I fall 10 feet through the air, landing in, you know, just on gravel, completely unhurt. It was wow. miraculous. The sousaphone took most of the damage. And then five or six old people tried to help me up. Now, again, I'm a 300-pound kid. I can't get up if you're dragging my hands. So they thought I was dead because they were all dragging on my hands. And I'm finally, like, having to, you know, swat away all the 100-year-old people to get up with my sousaphone. That's funny. I've got another uh, Yeah, my location. sousaphone was mostly unharmed. Another location. I mean, Kansas. Isn't it? 
Kansas must be a magical town for this Smallville to appear. The 1990s limited series The Kints places Smallville yeah. in eastern Kansas within proximity of one-day horse ride of Paola, Kansas, located in Miami County. Dated girl from Miami County. I've been to Paola. They have yep. a gazebo. Yep. That's Cloud not County. There, actually, uh, I, incidentally, there was a Smallville in Cloud County, Kansas, Cloud County, Kansas, northwest of Concordia and south of Norway, Kansas. All that's left there is an old railroad depot. I have got a major spoilers road trip planned. Oh my God! I could even get to that in an afternoon. We should all have a major spoilers road trip, and we should meet there. <laughs> I am in going to be up in. Uh, I will be in Baldwin, Kansas, uh, October sixteenth. Where is this? Which what? is ironic, since you are the bald one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm are... gonna be in Fat Guy, Kansas, next week, and I <laughs> believe Rodrigo shooting basketball in undefined ethnicity, Kansas. There was a Smallville in Cloud Liberal. County, Kansas, northwest of Concordia, and south of Norway. Liberal. <laughs> <laughs> Rodrigo's going to liberal. Could be worse. He could be going to St. Francis. <laughs> so, more Superman talk. Why sort of. So, Zack Snyder has been named director to direct the Superman movie, which I talked about last week, which I said wasn't a terrible idea and why I thought Zach he would probably Snyder. do a pretty good job right. of it. Why? Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Coming down with my cold. Why? Do people hate on Zack Snyder so much? Um, I mean, just just some of the comments over at the Major Spoilers website. It's like, I'd sooner cut my wrist than watch a Zack Snyder directed Superman movie. Well, people are always like that. I mean, and I, I think Matthew kind of, you know, and perhaps unfairly and perhaps completely fairly called you out on something similar before. And I know that you mostly do it as a joke. What's of, that? Saying that it just just because somebody's directing something is going to be just like their previous right, right, movies. right, right, right. Um, so people are looking; they don't like his, his style, and they're like, "This movie is going to be just like it." Yeah, well, the, based on his past track the point, record, there are things that we can say are probably going to be incorporated. Right. Yeah. The point against that is something like Sam Raimi directing Spider Man, where it's not like Army of Darkness. There right. are elements. That are obviously, you know, part of his style. And then the point for that is M. Night Shyamalan directing um, The and Last Airbender. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ugh, I hate Snyder. And in my honest opinion, he's the worst choice to direct a Superman movie. Worst, I say. Well, On the upside, this could have ended a whole lot worse. Yui Bowl could be in the running. So I guess I'm not watching the next Superman this. then. So Why I'm going to put this. I'm going to put uh, Chromega on notice that he cannot watch the next Superman movie, no matter right. what. He is forbidden. If we see a comment if where we he's see like, a comment, "This sucked," yes. then we will know that he watched it. Yes. Yep, and then his spoilerhood will be revoked. That's yes. right. Along with he his will LA be, privileges, he will Why be demoted to a minor spoiler. <laughs> the di- the director doesn't control. Every single aspect of the film. Now, granted, the director has a lot to do with the visual look, the tone, but he doesn't write the thing. And people are saying, well, Zack Snyder will make this terrible because then the story will be stupid. He didn't. It, no, the story's being written by 57 guys. 
You know, the well, story is being David Goyer torn and Chris pieces Nolan from things. And Chris Nolan's brother. Yeah, whatever. Maybe Emma Thomas. Whatever. Or as we like to call it, hey, uh, Jerry Siegel wrote this, and uh, let's see, I think uh, Otto Binder wrote that, and let's steal this bit from John Byrne over here, right, and we're right, going right. to call it our script. And then right. he burns a big block of money. <laughs> but it, I don't believe, A, that Zack Snyder is a terrible choice, because... I don't believe in the auteur theory. I don't believe that Zack Snyder is going to make this a Zack Snyder joint. Yeah, I don't think just so because nah, he's directing no, 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 no. this thing. And let me let me you put know, another. It, the legend of the, the owls of Gahuli Hooli yeah. doesn't look exactly like three hundred. No, it doesn't. Hooli Gahuli Hooli. Now listen to this, Zack Snyder, and it doesn't. And it doesn't look just like Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, you know, I had forgotten that he did Dawn of the Dead. He is directed. He's got Which is a great the movie. Internet Movie Database. Oh, there's somebody that would beg to differ with you, Matthew. Uh, in the Internet Movie Database, Snyder has eight directing credits. Playground, a video documentary short from 1990. Morrissey, Oy Esteban from 2000. Uh-huh. Dawn of the Dead 2004, 300 2006, Watchmen 2009, Legend of the Guardians, The Owls of Gahuli 2010, Sucker Punch in 2011, the sequel to 300 in 2011, if he gets to that, because that's wow. pending. And supposedly, Superman in 2012. Is is the sequel to 300 called Ocean's 312? No, it's called Xerxes. Uh. Um, the interesting thing is, people get better over time, hopefully. Right? Yeah. I mean, Sometimes. Rodrigo... I mean, there's definitely a peak sometimes depending you know sure i mean look at george lucas george lucas steven spielberg are good examples of people that i mean come on what was the sugarland express i didn't care for it right one of spielberg's first movies no no steven spielberg's uh sugarland uh, express with terry gar and i forget who else in it well you know i mean look at american Not a great graffiti. movie but yeah. then yeah american graffiti george lucas good movie star yeah. wars better movie didn't have anything to do with empire strikes back except for maybe helping a little bit in, in the guidance Great movie. So, you know, you can't, you can't necessarily map a trend. I think that people generally over time, given more work and given more things, mm-hmm. actually become better directors. Mm-hmm. I mean, John Favreau, who would have guessed that the man who directed Swingers would be directing, would be Iron, directing Man. Iron Man yep. and doing an awesome job of that, especially when before Iron Man, I think the movie he did before that was uh, the, uh, the, the, the game movie, the space game movie, Z- Zarthura. Zarthura. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was the movie before that. I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was close. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, people get better over time. I mean, supposedly their craft is going to improve if they're serious about their craft. And sometimes, again, you know, we've talked about Steven Spielberg and, you know, E.T. and all that stuff. And then doing Schindler's List. Right. And Schindler's List is not like E.T. Right. You know, there is a a bit of that big production and the moment in which he just, like, grabs your... Uh, metaphorical heartstrings and just yanks yeah. as hard as he can, but they're not similar movies, right? In 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 most ways, right, 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 right. So you know, a lot of directors probably have the ability to uh, grow beyond the genre where they start. Yes, yes. Um, you know, people go from. You know, I, like, I I wouldn't say, well, I was going to say, I wouldn't say that Shaun of the Dead is a lot like Scott Pilgrim, but there is, I mean, there clearly, elements, there's, but clearly there's, there's that, that whip pan. Right, right, um, right. Mentality. Yeah. Aesthetic, we'll say. Okay. 
<laughs> Whip pans. I love them. Matthew. Uh, here's what someone yes. says in response. Uh, you know, I didn't mind Dawn of the Dead. I thought it was fine. I forgot I, that I like. I forgot that he uh, directed it. Is that the one with the zombie baby? Yep. Yes. <sighs> yes. Dawn that's of the, the one with the guys uh, shooting at zombies that look like celebrities. Yes. Yes. Oh, that one's Jay Leno. Kapow. Oh, nice. Burt Reynolds. Um, get get Burt Reynolds. Dawn of the Dead was a horrible remake of a classic grade A horror movie. Make you care for the characters. Something that the original Dawn of the Dead did. This one had bad pacing. Close to no character development, almost okay acting, ridiculously obvious plot twist, zombie baby, big shock, and a depressing ending. Zack Snyder destroyed the George Romero classic and managed to transform it into one of the worst, if not the worst, zombie movie of all time. Don't know if it was his call to add the political intrigue or Persians as monsters in 300, but that ruined the movie for me. All in all, I hope for the best for the Superman movie, but I expect nothing from this guy. And of course, the inflection and right. enhancements added in for a added by Stephen well, added for I'll, drama. I, I do not claim I believe this particular again, commenter. Yes. Say it, Matthew. I'd like I'd like to once again quote the great philosopher Jules Winfield, who said, "Oh well, allow me to retort." Go ahead. If you love George Romero's Dawn of the Dead, as I do and did. The existence of Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead neither destroys, diminishes, nor in any way demeans the existence of that film. Dawn of the Dead, the original movie, is a fascinating study of human nature, what a zombie really means, what a zombie has become, and it really is the point where the modern zombie, for good or ill, comes from. Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead is a fun little peppy scare tactic piece of crap movie that's fun to watch. Scared it's got you know entertaining acting. It's pretty solid. Yeah, there's a moment at the very beginning where uh, it's zombie on the level I've never seen before. Sarah is driving her car and she's yeah. driving away, and they pull up to that huge shot, and you see the whole neighborhood in chaos, yeah. zombies yeah, everywhere, on things on yeah. fire. We'd never seen that. And then, yes, you get to the point where there's the cute girl and her daddy dies and the puppy and they have to save the puppy. But, oh, by saving the puppy, they kill their friend and a terrible explosion and all these stupid things taking place. But it even has that terrible ending where they they tack all those things into the closing credits. So you don't even know how it ends, but you think they might all die. Zombie Island. It's fun. It's a popcorn movie done well. And it's a fun little film. And I am... Still freaked out by some of the signs, you know, some of the sights in that particular movie. Yeah, you yeah, can say, hey, zombie baby, not very original, but it's scary as hell. Yeah, it is. The sequence where the fat lady dies and then tries to kill, where she like leaps up and, and all of a sudden she's a sprinting zombie. You know, that it's it's a shock. It's a cat jumping through the window that we think is Jason. But it's, it's Jason. a cheap shot. No, it's really just George yeah, next door neighbor. But, it's fun. <laughs> it's not a movie that you're going to go in and you're going to tear apart, but it's certainly right. not bad. It's stylishly made. And, you know, you, the, the camera work is not, you know, vomit inducing. No, it's not. I mean, from everything, I mean, I only watched it, I think, once because it literally there are still some things that scare the crap out of me. And zombie movies. Oh, man. You should done watch. like Dawn of the Dead will will give me nightmares you still should, for a week. Have you seen the special features? Mm-mm. Where they have like more stuff. Mm-mm. Don't want to see it. Okay. 
don't say now I'm gonna have nightmares just telling me that there's more zombie because that is that in and of itself is just freaky I mean it's like it's the same quality as the movie same that's why I'm afraid of watching The Walking Dead I'm afraid oh, I'm yeah, gonna yeah, have no, nightmares it's gonna be freaky October um, 31st people AMC that's right or you know last last Friday or yeah, whatever, yeah depending, depending on when you're listening hello, hello future, future zombies <laughs> future zombies <laughs> I don't, according to Matthew, I don't have any brains, so uh, please yeah, do not come knocking on my door. Uh, well, it depends on the type of zombie, though. Oh, okay. Fast moving zo- zombies or shuffling zombies? Some zombies like guts. Yes. Matthew, uh, fast moving zombies or shuffling zombies? Uh, I say both. There's no reason why you can't have both. Yeah, I can Shuffling zombies that. are scary in, in groups. Yeah. But like a, a zombie who just leaps up and comes a running at you, that's creepy as all hell. Yeah. Speaking of eating guts. Right. Uh, there's been this discussion over at the Major Spoilers Forum. I've eaten. I'm not eating in front of you anymore. No, no, no. I, I know you're full. You had your, your brat for the day. Um, There is a discussion. I don't know where it's at now. I think it's under recommend me a book or something. Mm-hmm. Someone is like, hey, recommend me a book. I hear those guys talking about lock and key all the time and that it's supposed to be pretty creepy. Name me something else. And several people have mentioned, oh, well, if you want to be scared, you got to read Crossed. I, I am, that is a book that I don't want to even open up. I've seen one page of something with a little girl who's eating her baby. And it's like, I just newborn baby. Mm-hmm. I don't think I want to read any more about this book. Oh, no, no, Matthew, no, no. Let's please tell me, please tell that. me about Crossed because it just sounds like a horrible comic book. Let's take a moment. That little girl is an underage teen who was impregnated by her own father. Uh. And and the best part is, at the time, neither of them were crossed. And what yeah. is crossed? Uh, what, did he turn into a zombie? Is, what is that? You go wild in or something? The, the, uh, basically, there's no explanation of it. You can tell someone who's crossed by the cross-shaped scar um, or, or sores on their face. Someone, you know, when, they, when they're crossed, they break out in this particular marking. And what it essentially seems to do is, ooh, Fraser's on. <laughs> anyway, um, what it seems to do is it seems to leave you with your full human intelligence. Yes. It leaves you with your cunning, but it removes any barrier that you might have between thought and action. The first ah. episode, the first issue of Crossed, the, the thing that introduced me to the series and then five minutes later introduced me to the backside of the series. Um, <laughs> the crossed have absolutely, they have no, no ability to stop. There's a sequence. The first cross that we see to my mind is this woman who comes screaming out of nowhere and she gets run over with a truck. And as she's run over, she screams orgasmically. She's like, Oh God, I'm coming because she's being run over with a truck. It's disgusting. The end of issue one has a couple and their child, and you know where this is going. I this is how this is how Matthew stopped reading Cross. A couple and their child get caught by the crossed. Yeah, and there's a two-page sequence of what's happening to the couple and their child. And I mean, I, I literally, I will not. It's not that I cannot, I will not describe it other than to tell you that there are brains and guts and, you know, rape and everything on panel. And the child is in the background being hacked up on panel with like huge blades. And I'm just like, no, 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 
No. No. Now, who publishes this piece of stuff? Avatar. Avatar. Avatar Books. Publishing. And it was initially written by, I always get them confused, um, Garth Ennis or Warren Ellis. And I want to say it's a Garth Ennis joint. Okay. Um, hang on. But the it's thing probably. about it is I'm not saying yes. that it's a horrible, evil thing. I'm, yeah, I'm saying that this is, I mean, this is Garth Ennis, I think, examining the worst things that he can imagine human beings doing. Why? The worst things ever. Well, I don't know. So, you know, some people say it's, it's a kind of the inverse of the old George Carlin argument where George used to say that some people believe that if you say something bad, it'll happen. Yeah. Some people are really effing stupid. This is like the opposite of that. It's almost like they're trying to exercise the terrible things and by, you know, putting them on panel. I don't know. For me, it's the equivalent. I sat up a couple months ago and I saw something. It was Saw either four or five. And there's a sequence where, you know, Jigsaw is like, eight pints of blood will save your life. But if you lose eight pints of blood, you could die. If both of you get four pints of blood. So they both stick their hand in a buzzsaw and bleed four pints of blood to try and save themselves. And there's a scene where the woman pulls her hand out of this buzzsaw, and it's literally a rubber hand cut yeah. in two up to about the mid the mid forearm. And I looked at that, and part of me was disgusted, and part of me was like, wow, I wonder how long it took to make that appliance. And part of me was like, fake! But really that type of you know the the saw and the hostile and the human centipede the torture porn movies yeah are the only thing that actually kick in that same level of revulsion that i feel with crossed and the thing with crossed is you know i scott uh the understanding comics guy sot mcleod right says that comics can be more immediate for you because you control time in a comic Mm-hmm. That sequence of the woman pulling her ruined hand off the buzzsaw took four seconds, maybe. If I replay it in my head, it takes approximately four seconds, even if I, you know, I'm like stretching it out. When you're reading cross, you can make the sequences go as long as they need to in your brain, or God help you, as long as it takes for you to, you know, wipe it out. So crossed is definitely not for me, but it's something that. I, I don't know. I think that in a way it's looking at the terrible things that people do. And somehow it's, it's almost like ridiculing the ridiculous and stupid and terrible things that people can do by saying, look at this ridiculous extreme to which we've taken it. Sure. People like, you know, I don't, I don't want to go off on a tangent about serial killers or anything, but people do horrible things and stupid horrible things happen to people every day. And here's a comic book where the most horrible things you can ever imagine are happening right in front of your eyes. And so, you know, maybe tomorrow when your check bounces, it won't seem that bad. Yeah. Hmm. You, you like the uh, torture porn stuff there, Rodrigo? No, no. I, I watched, I enjoyed the first Saw movie just because it was different. Right. But after that, no thank yeah. you. I, I, they kept trying to one up themselves. Yeah. I have, I have very, very specific things about what I like to watch and read. And if it starts to deviate from uh, certain parameters, and I don't e- even mean like, obviously, you know, I-, I talk about movies that I really like and Bill and Ted's bogus journey is in there. Right. So it's not like it's, it's a quote unquote quality thing. It's just, you know, 
it it has to have a particular like the storyline has to be at least this good the special effects if that's what they're going for have to be at least this good or this bad right right so when you get into a movie that has a massively repetitive plot line people die in people die in a gruesome way next scene people die in a gruesome way next scene people die in a gruesome way next scene things are resolved mm-hmm. it's not interesting to me yeah because the I don't get any satisfaction of watching people die in a gruesome way. I would get more satisfaction out of a an a, a Hitchcock-esque shadow play thing. Right. Where you see somebody go, no, like somebody shadow go, no, and yeah, then yeah. blood splatters on the wall, yeah. right? I can fill in whatever gruesome thing I want or whatever mildly disgusting thing I want mm-hmm. or whatever not really disgusting thing at all I want. Mm-hmm. Like maybe they killed a tomato yeah. as well. You know, it's interesting, uh, Quentin Tarantino, right. I may have mentioned this before, when he was working on uh, Reservoir Dogs, mm-hmm. in the scene where the guy gets his ear cut They're off. They're sawing off the ear. Yeah. Quentin did it in two ways. Uh, first, he did it, he wanted to show the ear actually getting cut off on right. screen. And I was like, hey, why don't you try it where you just pan away as soon as the the blade goes on his, the razor goes on that guy's ear, and let the audience fill in it. He's like, oh no, you know, when it comes down to editing... It's going to be this part where we actually see the ear and the visceral and all this is going to be, oh, it's going to be awesome. And then they got in the edit bay, and he was, this is a video on the magic of editing. He says, in the edit bay, the one that actually works better is the one where you pan away and let your mind mm-hmm. fill in all the gru- gruesome, gory details. Yeah. So I don't have to see Centipede. I mean, I don't have to read Crossed. All I have to hear is a couple of yeah. things, and I'm going to have nightmares. Have you guys seen um, yeah. Anshin Andalou? What? Uh, an Asian dog. What? That's my it's, son is that's a very common phrase for my son like right now. What? What are you talking about? He may have gotten that from me. <laughs> because pretty much whatever he says to me, I'm like, what? <laughs> oh yeah. That's a, uh, that man, it's a, awesome. A, a, good well, and the way good he was well, hanging on to you tonight, well. I would imagine that yes, that's probably where he did get it. It's it's a I'm movie. afraid to say his name because Rodrigo will mock my my accent, but I think it's Bunuel. Um I actually forgot. I think like Salvador Dali was involved in it too. Um, yeah, but it's it's completely it's it's absurd. It's just a sequence of crazy things happening all tied together. Oh yeah, yeah. Only visually by this little like cigarette box type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the scenes is somebody slicing, slicing their the eyeball aisle. open. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is yep. so quick. But for the next almost hundred years, people have been so freaked out by that scene and anybody who goes back and watches it gets freaked out by that scene even though this movie was made five minutes after film was invented yeah you know i mean it was a big deal and the reason for it is not how graphic it is but it's how quick it is Mm -hmm. it gives you nothing you you can't see the eye afterwards right all you have left is that moment is what your mind fills into Mm -hmm. how that would Mm -hmm. feel or what would come out of it or whatever yeah and to tie this uh, tie this around to what we were talking about in the beginning, that's why I love radio dramas, and mm-hmm. especially this episode from Ray Bradbury called "The Wind." Even today, I listen to it, and it still gives me a little bit of gives me a little freaky. But it's the, the whole idea of the theater of the mind. Mm-hmm. Your mind, whether it be sex, whether it be horror, whether it be food, whether it be a fond memory, your mind is always going to remember things in more graphic detail mm-hmm. than, or imagine it in more graphic detail than you ever would have thought of before well and partially because your mind like if you see somebody get run over by a car Mm -hmm. 
you will feel a certain way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then every time it happens again, even though you know what's coming because you are thinking of, you are remembering something, that it's like your mind, it's not like you are feeling it again. Your mm -hmm. mind just accesses that emotion from your files right. and puts it in there. Right, right, so then right. other things that remind you will also trigger that emotion. Which is probably the reason why people are... You know, that I think that's the answer to the whole show is that's why people like or dislike Zack Snyder. That's why mm -hmm. people like or dislike the idea of a Superman movie. That's why people go insane over this idea of where Smallville is, even though, as Matthew pointed out, maybe it wasn't specifically yeah. named until the that's, 1970s. That's yeah. huge. I, I honestly uh, yeah, I didn't, didn't know that realize either. that. So here we learned something in the show together. Yeah. It's why we feel this way and, about you know, that's things. That's why certain people think Superman shouldn't fly. What? Superman shouldn't fly? What a crazy idea. How recalculous. Scroll Brian and I uh, exchanged something. He says that, yeah, Superman should fly, but he must leap to get started. Mm -hmm. It Does always felt wrong in the movies. This slow takeoff always reminds me of Peter Pan is what he said. Before he does that, does he have to lift up his right leg and then move it back down and make this noise? <laughs> <laughs> he just needs to <laughs> leap up. Mm -hmm. Leap up. And, and Rodrigo he needs and I to were tune talking. up the band like Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Rodrigo and I were talking last week after the show. I think what the difference between floating and flying was mm -hmm. down to semantics. Yeah. Because in my mind, floating is not moving right. through air. Flying is moving through air. So that's right, right. where we get a little uh, discussion there. So all, everything's cool there. Quick question from uh, one of our listeners. What's everyone's favorite Elseworlds what-if tale? Ooh. Mine is the doom that came to Gotham. What? That is my favorite one. Or the, yeah, the, the doom, that came, the to doom that came to Gotham. That is the tale essentially of uh, uh, At the Mountains of Madness or Cthulhu comes to Gotham City, if I remember correctly, one of the Elseworlds Batman titles. Gotham by Gaslight is also very good. Yeah, Gotham by Gaslight was good. Um, I would say for me, I'm just going to be cheap and say Kingdom Come, even though it's like been weirdly canonized. Yeah, Golden Age is also another one that's yeah. actually an Elseworlds title. Yeah, canonized in all senses of the word, mind you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, it, it went through a period of beautification and everything. It was It was pretty great. Uh, it's performed. Mark Wade has performed three yep, miracles. Performed yeah. three miracles. Yeah. Does that mean he's going to be good sainthood? Yep, I think so. Well, <laughs> I think he may be irredeemable, but I, he might get it after all. Uh, Matthew, you got a favorite what if tale or Elseworlds worlds tale? I do. Which is the amazing story of Superman Red and Superman Blue. That was back when they called them imaginary stories. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, you're talking about that's the actual, my favorite. not the actual where Superman split and became Superman red and blue in the... Uh, if you bring 90s. up Electric Superman one more time, <laughs> I swear I shall beat Let's the living snot out of you. Electric Superman. The actual story from 1961 or something. <laughs> The amazing story of Superman Red and Superman Blue, where Superman realizes that the only way to really make himself immortal is to actually enlarge the bottle city of Kandor. And at that point, he realizes that, hey, wait a minute, I should just make a list of everything. And his goals are like, enlarge Kandor, uh, defeat all disease, end crime for all eternity, and pick between Lois and Lana. Nice. And so he, he goes yeah, he goes and he does a, No. 
He actually ends up <laughs> zorching himself with all the various kinds of kryptonite, and he gets to be super, super giant intelligent, like a million-fold more powerful, but it also splits him into two separate Supermen, one red and one blue, hence the title Superman Red and Superman Blue. And, of course, Superman Red miraculously likes Lois more, and Superman Blue likes Lana more, so they each pick a girl, and they like they cure Lex Luthor and Mr. Mixius Pitalik and Fidel Castro, because it's the 60s. <laughs> And uh, they go and they have this whole thing where they're like, oh, no, what are we going to do? And eventually, at the end of the story, one of them lives on Krypton without powers. And one of them stays on Earth as Superman and has this whole super family. So what happens, essentially, is Superman gets to do everything. He he he, he gets an either or. And he says, yes. You want Lois or Lana? Sure. <laughs> you want to have powers and live on live on Krypton, or do you want to remain a superhero on Earth? Yes, that's how awesome Superman is. So what you're telling me is that if, one of the Supermen remained Superman, and the other one turned into right. Stefan Superman <laughs> and got together with Laura. <laughs> <laughs> Stefan or Superman? Yep. Yeah. If you're gonna make me choose an actual story under the Elseworlds banner. Hmm. Rodrigo will laugh at me. It's going to be a, a tie between, well, my very favorite, Batman Holy Terror, we've already talked about. So we're right. going to look at number two. It's either uh, Superman Batman Generations or JLA Another The Nail. Ah, uh, Another <laughs> like the, the Nail. I didn't like The Nail as much as Another The Nail. Um, I also really hated Superboy's Legion. Another the nail, uh, which, which is just called like another nail. Yeah, another nail. Um, it it like it goes into Superman, like it goes into Superman a lot more and what he's feeling and what he's doing. Right. But I didn't like it because when I read it, I hadn't, I didn't have a lot of basis for the DC universe, and it is packed, right, packed with like incomprehensible references, which is I think partially why I like Kingdom Come because uh-huh. I could use it as a reference oh, to yeah, like, for everything backward, else. like basically backwards engineer the DC universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. It's and the nail is cool. probably the nail is probably the origin of the Hawkwoman character as we see her in JLU. Because Hawkwoman really didn't act like Hawkwoman as we saw Hawk Girl, whatever it was, in the cartoon right. anywhere but in the nail and another the nail. One more question, very quickly, when then we'll get out of here. If you had a time machine and could travel to any place and time, where would you go and what would you do? I would travel back to last Tuesday night so I could pay my phone bill on time. Whoops, Matthew. <laughs> I think that if given now, here's the thing: Am I going to be given unlimited funds and the ability to blend in? Sure. Okay, I would go either to New York City in the 1940s, circa about 1942. Uh huh. Or I'd go to Haight Ashbury in 1967. All right. I would go to both of these. Would be in Los Angeles, either 1922. Hmm. Or 1965, because then I could be there as all the other crazy weird shit that happened in the 70s happened in Los Angeles. Or I could see Hollywood rise to prominence mm-hmm. uh, and whole and essentially Los Angeles build itself in uh, in Southern California, build itself from Orange Groves to cities 
in, over the in next like 30 years. years. Yeah, in 30 years, yeah, yeah. So I think those would be the two times that I would really most interest uh, be interesting to see and live and do things in. So, But hey, next Tuesday to pay your phone bill. That's great. Uh, <laughs> it's a reference. Yes, yes. Look yes, at the time. Look at the time. <laughs> Just Matthew then the giant disembodied head of Colonel Sanders started yelling. That's right. Everything at- you know is wrong. Matthew said he had to get in bed Sing by along, everybody. because he's got to get up at 5.30 in the morning. Well, he, he's already he's in bed. in the morning. Oh, he, 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 records, <laughs> he records from his bedroom. <laughs> okay. Also Thanks worth so much noting, for listening. Yes. Banana hat. Oh, no, wait. What? Oh, never mind. See? He's punchy. Yeah, he is. All right, everybody. Thanks oh, so much for listening. Them. We will talk to you on Tuesday. Don't forget, Coney Waves. I know everyone has read it. Go pick up a copy so we can have a good, thoughtful discussion. And we'll talk to you next time because we know that you love comics and we do too. Hello, future people. Slander. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers Forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash majorspoilers and on MySpace at myspace.com slash majorspoilers. Fat Dick's revision of Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, they kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm Stark Raven rich like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline But would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fine Be in the Middle East With a King Santo and soldier what a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah What a major spoiler Whoa, 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 whoa What a major spoiler Major Spoilers Podcast Copyright 2010 When facing a family law matter it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. At Stangy Law Firm, we represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot 
for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.